Hello and welcome to the Blind Side Rewind. It's the first episode. Justin, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. We are uh, for most of you. Hopefully, hopefully, there's a lot of people who don't know us who are going to be listening to this. So we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am Jeremy Timmerman, uh, one of the hosts, and this is Justin Baxley, um, the other host. And uh, Justin and I, we we live here in Macon, Georgia. For for those of you Survivor fans, home of Rick Devins from uh, Survivor Thirty Eight, Edge of Extinction, the original Edge of Ex- Edge of Extinction, which is a beloved concept by all, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know about beloved, but it's a concept. It is a concept. <laughs> So, uh, the, listen, the concept of Blindside Rewind, I, I watched uh, Survivor when I was a kid, right? I was a kid, well, I was probably 11 or 12 when the first season came out and watched it with my folks. Didn't watch for a while, got back in. Uh, it was not just a, a name drop for name drop's sake. I got back in uh, with season 38 to watch Rick, watch 39. Now, obviously, I'm in the season, in the middle of season 40, uh, or towards the end of season 40. Um, and, and Justin and I have gone back together and watched, uh, remotely, of course, watched, uh, token chains together. So that, that's kind of my survivor history. Justin, how, how have you come along with this show? Uh, so similar experience in that I watched it as a kid. Um, Lord, I was probably single digits when I started watching survivor with my parents. Um, and we got out of it after like the first two or three seasons together. Uh, just kind of stopped watching for whatever reason. Uh, and then I'm a reporter for our local newspaper uh, here in Macon, and they sent me out to cover uh, the watch party for Rick Devon's uh, finale because he had made it into the final six. Um, and so went out to that, and, you know, I, was, I really enjoyed the episode, came back and decided, you know, to start watching his season completely over uh, kind of after I finished up Big Brother. Uh, I was looking for something else to watch, and um, I have a couple friends, uh, Jackson and Megan, who are mega fans of the show, and uh, they were like, go back and watch some of the other seasons once you finish up Rick's season, and so I have. I watched, with my mom, of course, uh, like 18 seasons over the course of like three months, uh, so I've had a chance Dear. to become a little bit of a Lord. a little bit of a super fan. Yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of Survivor. We were watching probably a season a week or so maybe maybe a little bit more depending on you know how much we could get in on the weekends and again this is all while I'm working a full-time job so it's kind of impressive I'm not gonna lie yeah and 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 for for those that that maybe aren't as deep into Survivor which I don't imagine why you'd be listening to this if you weren't but you know Survivor's shorter season so you and I I mean we we probably watched we could have watched Token Chains in a week easily right yeah, I'd say so. Like, if we'd have really sat down, I mean, we were averaging, what, like two to three episodes uh, over the course of, you know, every two to three days. Uh, if we had really sat down, I mean, you could you could probably finish a season in two two to three days. Um, yeah. I've, I've done that with, with my mom. We'd get into a specific season and just really enjoy it. And, you know, if we had, you know, an entire Saturday or so together. Uh, we, we'd get through, you know, eight or nine episodes. Uh, that's pretty much almost the whole season right there. Yeah. Because uh, there's only, what, like 15 episodes to each season? Yeah, f- 15 episodes. And, and you know, I, I would love to do stuff like that, but I've got three kids <laughs> under the age of eight. So I, I can't, 
stay up and watch a bunch of episodes like I used to do. So that's kind of our story. You know, we've, we've watched Survivor in the past. We're getting into it now. I think it's important for fans to remember, too, Justin and I both got involved with Edge of Extinction, which is a season that's not particularly popular with Survivor fans. And yet that's what's got, that's what got us hooked. You know, 39, I didn't know anybody in 39. It, it was a completely different experience. Um, and, and I'm kind of learning a lot of these, these winners. Of course I knew Boston Rob and I knew who Tyson was and I knew most of these winners. I knew who they were, but this is my first chance to see a lot of them play. And it's, it's been enjoyable, but, uh, you know, Justin kind of did to me what he said he had friends do to him. He said, listen, man, you got to go back and watch these old seasons. You got to go back and 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 one of the seasons that he pitched to me the hardest, uh, whether he meant to or not, was, was token chains. He actually taught me how to pronounce token chains. It is not tokantons as I thought. It is token chains, and he's the one who taught me that. So kudos yep. to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first seasons I think I was told to go back and watch. Um, and look, I'll be honest, my mom won't watch anything before season eighteen. Because, like, our television screen makes it a lot smaller than it, like, anything before 18, it makes really small just because it's not in, I guess, HD or it's not uh, formatted correctly, like, on Hulu and stuff. And um, so we watched, like, from 18 up to, to 40, we watched, like, most of those seasons. Um, and that was one of the first ones we just kind of fell in love with because there's so many personalities. Uh, there's there a are. lot of legends, uh, a lot of archetypes, uh, if you want to call them that, for for Survivor, and it sets up a lot of the foundation for the next, you know, maybe 15 seasons, and then obviously into 40. Yeah, and and what we're going to do here, you know, this is, we're just kind of jumping in at a weird spot. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, this is the night before the season 40 finale, so it's a weird time to start, but we're, we've just been so fired up about talking about Survivor that we thought, Let's let's do something with it, and uh, so generally we'll, we'll actually watch along some seasons and kind of cover them, them cover them as though they're new. But with this one, we we're done. We finished. We watched the finale and the reunion last night for Token Chains, which is uh, season eighteen, and um, we're we're gonna jump right in. And and what we really want to do is talk about. We're gonna start out waxing poetic about the winner because we're both. At least as far as this season goes, we're both huge JT fans. Yeah, I mean, look, that was arguably one of the greatest uh, Survivor performances um, to date. Uh, you know, he won when he when he had to win, but he also played a, a great social game. Uh, Jeremy, you and I were talking about it. He had people on the, the show saying, you know, I'd just rather JT win than me. Like, I'll be honest. I don't know if there's anybody in this world where I'd be like, you can have a million dollars. I don't want it. I, Justin, I just don't I'm, I'm myself doing that. I'm not giving you a million dollars if I've got the chance to have it myself. That's just not going to happen. I'll give you especially, some of it. I'll I'll buy you some beer. You know, especially not if you're a day fifteen friend. I yeah. mean, these are like they've met each other fifteen days ago. Yeah. They're like, I just want to see JT win. Personally, <laughs> I want to see myself win. And what we're going to get into later, the reason I really want to talk about JT and emphasize how much, how big of fans we are his, is because what we're going to do the rest of the night is talk about how some of the other people could have won. And so I don't want to get across the idea uh, that, that we don't think JT was a worthy winner because, man, let me tell you, uh, there was a moment. It was, I mean, it was early. I didn't realize how early it was. I'm trying to figure out what episode it was. It was when they were that basketball challenge. You know the challenge I'm talking about, Justin? Yeah, that's like second or third episode, maybe. Yeah, I'm about to look. Uh, 
pretty sure that was one of the the like second or third episode. Um, JT for one is just kind of a monster. Uh, the way he's able to sprint around. <laughs> episode uh, two. Episode uh, yeah. Two. So you you kind of tabbed him early on, which I was kind of surprised. Um, for somebody who hadn't seen the season, obviously I'd seen Token Jeans before. Uh, it's been a, it's been probably three or four months since I've seen it. Um, but you picked up on JT and his personality pretty quickly as as one of the the key people. And you know I don't know that I even picked up on it that early when I watched it the first time through, uh, where it was like two episodes in, and you were you were actively rooting for JT there. Which now full disclosure, I knew he won. Because okay, when we were, when we were trying to figure out what season we wanted to watch, I was looking for some winners from Winners at War, and none of the seasons really just really lined up with what I wanted to watch. And you had mentioned Token Chains, and I thought, well, let's let's watch this one. So I I eventually I'd like to watch some episodes where off the top of my head I don't know who won, but this one I knew. But generally, I'm the kind of person that I'm rooting against the obvious winner, and so. Uh, you're right. I would normally be like, all right, I want to see who else should have won. But episode two, they're playing this challenge. And if you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to go watch this season. If you're especially if you're a challenge fan like I am, I love watching these people compete in physical competition. The, this challenge, they're in the river, which the the setup for this season is is so uh, – so conducive to stuff like this because you there, there's not even in Fiji where some of the water is kind of calm it'd be difficult to play this game but in a river it works out perfectly and they've got these basketball goals that are probably they're they're taller than regulation I would say they're probably 12 feet and they're not really basketball goals that's essentially what they are it's a net on a pole um and they're paired up and they're trying to get the ball into the basket first team to score three times win something like that JT who is this Redneck from Alabama, as far as we know. You know, he's a cattle farmer. And in probably calf to knee deep water, he hits like a jab step fake and drops probably a 10-foot jumper on somebody. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I almost came clean off of my couch when he hit. Because everybody else, like, it's a difficult shot. First of all, you're in calf deep water. Second of all, the goal is not regulation height. So even if you're good at basketball, it's not going to be like an easy shot. They're making like little layups. They're clean missing. I mean, it's hard. JT drills a 10-foot jumper like he's playing in an NBA game. Yeah, I mean, the dude's ridiculous. Like, um, you talk about that that moment. For me, I think when I watched it the first time and when I watched it again, the moment for me, and his, his tribe loses the challenge, but – when he gets his tooth knocked out, yeah, and he just takes it, throws it, and said, "I don't need it," <laughs> and then just comes jumps right back into the water. And I mean, you've got his teammate Joe, who like cuts his leg half off in the same river, and is barely like walking at this point. JT's here, just missing a tooth, and just like, yeah, well, well, I don't need that. Yeah, time to win this challenge. Yeah, and 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 then you get into the social game, so. Another moment for me that if I was playing would have been my 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 spot. And and we've talked about this. Justin and I watched differently, and I picked up on this probably last week sometime. He watches as a fan, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to watch the way a lot of people watch. I even though we have joked that I want to go on the show at some point, but that's like I'm not like the super I've never applied. Uh 
I don't have like a plan for what I would do if I, if I applied. I probably will apply at some point, but I watch as somebody who's playing. When I'm watching, I'm looking at moves for like, okay, what would I do here? Uh, how would I react to this situation? And for me, it was after the merge. Uh, I want to say episode probably eight or nine, maybe the game where they had the survey before they did the challenge. Justin, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I'm trying to. And see. they asked the they asked the question of who would you trust with your life? Is that right? Yes. Yes, it was who would you trust with your life? And literally every single one of them. The answer was JT, and they all knew the answer was JT because it was a two-level uh, thing, of course. They, they start mm-hmm. out, and they all give their answers to the questions. So this question, the answer, who would you trust with your life? The most people, if not everybody, answered to that question, JT. And then in the actual challenge, you have to predict what the most people said. So Jeff even pointed out, Listen, you may recognize that your answer is not the most popular answer, so you're going to guess another answer. So right. not only did the most people say that JT was the, mo- the person they would trust with their life, but most of them knew that that's what everybody else would have said. And at that point, if you're playing, how do you not look around and go, hold on, this is the guy who has to be voted out? Right. I mean, I think that was the... That was probably the moment where you're like, okay, he's not just a challenge threat. He is also the biggest social threat in this game um, where it's, it's not just that he's playing a great game of, of uh, physicality. He's also playing this great game of building legitimate relationships with people. Um, I mean, you look at his relationship with, and I, I, I don't want to get too much into the other people right now because I know we're going to talk about it, but he built relationships with Steven, Taj, who were in his original tribe, but he was also the one that built the bridge over to people like Coach. Um, he was never one that was necessarily rude to somebody like Sierra, who everybody picked on him, everybody kind of bullied Um you know, so he, he was finding ways to connect with people. Brendan was the other one, because I think he's the one I'm thinking about that in one of his confessional, he's, he's, he literally said something along the lines of, you know, I just really want to see JT win this thing. Like, dude, you're still in it. You have an idol. You, you have a chance to win. What are, what are you talking about? I want JT to win it. Right. Um, and what's crazy is the, the challenge we're talking about with that questionnaire, that was episode 11. They were at final seven. That was a reward challenge. JT didn't win immunity that time, and he didn't win immunity the next time. So they had two more chances to recognize. Hold on now. We all recognize that this guy has played a strong enough social game with people he has known for 30 days at this point that we would all trust our life. We would all trust our life with him. And we know that everybody else feels the same way. And the light bulb didn't go up for anybody. Some of those people he knew nine days right. and just merged. Yeah. Like he just met these people. Exactly. And and that's and it, and it's kind of, you know, we're not talking about season forty, but it's kind of reminiscent to the to the game coach or uh, not coach. Definitely not coach. It's kind <laughs> of reminiscent to the game Tony is playing in Winners of War, where we're sitting at home going, How do they not get it? How do they not see that he is mopping the floor with them? 
And that's what JT did in, in Token Chains. So I, I, I want to move on to some of the other people, but I just wanted to emphasize just how blown away I was because, again, I like the physical play, and he's great at the social stuff, but just it was refreshing to go back in time and see some of these seasons where you could be a physical force and actually win. Well, and I think also, like, the other thing is his strategy. He's not an idiot. He played the the the, the cowboy kind of role to people, but him and Steven legitimately sat down and weighed out each vote in a way that, like, they knew how it was going to impact their game three votes down the road. Um, you could tell, like, he legitimately understood the strategy of the game, too. Not just the social uh, aspect of it, not just the physical, but he was really good strategically of, like, okay, well, if we take out so-and-so here, like, two tribals from now, we might need that person's vote. Why don't we go this direction instead? And Or, you know, and I think a lot of that, he did have Steven uh, to kind of keep him in check and not let him get too high emotionally over one person. Uh, and so I think that they had a really good relationship. And I think that helped a lot for both of them in this game. Well, I think Steven was good for him in the strategy sessions. But um, if you look back at episode, it, when, when they voted out Debbie and they get back to the tribal, I want to say it was JT that first went to coach. And I don't know if it was true or not, but he sold it like it was true. He said, Coach, what we knew we couldn't put you in the position. It was something to the effect of we couldn't put you in the position to feel like you had to vote against Debbie or break that 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 trust that y'all had. And we knew that you wouldn't want to go along with it. So I didn't want to tell you. That's why I left you out of it. And we had the votes without you. I mean, it was just some – and it was quick. It was probably two or three sentences. It was less than what I just said. And it diffused it. There was never any yeah. drama between JT and Coach. Coach felt like he was – what mattered there was that Coach felt like he had, he was having the truth told to him because as we'll get into, Coach verbally values truth a lot. I don't know how – what version of truth he values, but he values truth. And in that moment – and that's something that lots of Survivor players that are would be perceived as more savvy than JT wouldn't have done well. And it was a non-issue. They just voted out his number one ally, and he made him feel like a million bucks about it. Well, and remember at the end at uh, at the at the reunion show, Stephen said a large part of their strategy came from the fact that Coach was telling JT everything. That Coach felt like JT was his number one, and so that allowed him to get uh, you know information about Brendan and information about Sierra. And that really helped the Jalapau tribe, uh, which was Steven, Taj, and JT, kind of pick up on, okay, well, there's a crack here, there's a crack here. This is where this is how we can stay in the game a little bit longer. Because they came out of the merge, you know, at a disadvantage, especially, you know, we'll talk about Joe in a second, because he got medically evacuated. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, the, the strategy with those two is huge. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um Let's let's start. What we want to do is walk through kind of kind of fantasy book it a little bit to borrow a wrestling term, and because uh, Justin and I are both wrestling fans as well. But just kind of uh, what's some ways that some of these other people could have won? Is it possible? As dominant as JT was, how could some of these other people have have won? Um, I, the pre-merge folks, you got Carolina, Carolina, 
Uh, I don't know her name. Neither did her tribe mate. She got voted out so early that somebody, I want to say it was JT, was calling her Carolyn in the confessionals, and that's not her name at all. Uh, that's how quickly she was done. Um, Candace, Jerry, gosh, poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. Had a gut ache. Yeah. He just wanted his cheeseburger, man. He just wanted a cheeseburger. I think he'd been fine if he could have had a cheeseburger, don't you think? Yeah, I think if he if they had given this man a cheeseburger, Jerry makes it to the final six. I'll, I'll say it now: you give that man a cheeseburger, he can get he can he was a nice enough guy that nobody wanted to take him out, and they felt bad for him. And I think it was the beans or something. Yeah, that's what he said. He if said, I'm not he mistaken, said it was the beans. A, which and, and that's something that you know there, there's a lot of talk now, and I think some of it is just the production. They've decided, okay, you're watching Survivor, Survivor twenty years later. Uh, you understand that it's hard, so they don't show us a lot of the difficulty. I don't think that it's gotten that much easier for the survive for the castaways. It's just there's no reason to show us that they're still eating rice and beans. And if you're normal, if you're on a normal Western diet, and you go a few weeks of just eating rice and beans, that's going to jack up your system. Yeah, I mean, and look, the the older seasons, you do get to see them fish more. Uh, and you do get to see like the other things that they like provide for themselves um, versus in the newer seasons, you don't really even see them catching the fish or anything along those lines. But like we see, we saw it a little bit this in, in season 40 where Tony grabbed the shark out of the water and went running around the, the beach. They're fishing the entire time. Like they're finding other things aside from rice and beans, but the overall like diet for them, over the 40 seasons has not like you're right it hasn't changed they just don't show it to us as much yeah so so we got we touched on jerry a little bit i do think you know i don't don't know i don't know i think and one of the reasons i'm kind of blowing through these people is we don't know a lot about them then you've got sandy spencer and sydney are our final three and it kind of created that wave that necessity for the jalapal people to to really work together after the merge because it was three straight Jalapal. Are there any of those that stood out to you as people that if they had done something a little differently, maybe they could make a run? Um, you know, Sydney had a pretty decent social game. Um, she used a lot of like the flirty uh, girl type things. And, you know, something we'll see in some of the earlier seasons when we go back and watch people like Parv or Parvati. Um, have used their ability to flirt with people to kind of get what they wanted in in the game. Um, And so that strategy can work. Unfortunately for Sydney, people picked up on that and they were like, we should probably get her out of here. Cause like she's, she's, she has a chance to maybe like once we hit the merge, potentially get in with, you know, some of the guys on the other side. And we don't, we don't know that she's necessarily loyal to us. Um, and so I think Sydney would be an interesting one to see, like if she had toned that down a little bit earlier and hadn't been necessarily as flirty pre-merge, if she could have maybe made a run after the merge with, with some of the newer players on the other side. That's a fair one. The, the one I wanted to point out uh, is, is Sandy. I, I don't know that she wins. Uh, she's got a great personality. She's got a fun personality. Where she sunk herself was if you've, if you've not seen Token Chains, the first – moment they get off this truck and they've got they're about to go on this what was it four miles or was yeah, it, it four was a, hours it was a pretty big trek four hours four hour trek four hour trek which generally if you're walking you're probably going 20 minutes a mile you know do the math that's a lot they were about yeah. to they were about to truck across this this you know uh 
Brazilian outback, for lack of a, a better term, uh, for for hours. And they all vote, and they're the way Jeff words it. They think they're voting some, somebody out the tribe before they even get to camp. And Sandy's the one that Jalapal chose. She's an older lady. She is uh, fifty three at the time of the show, and just they don't even know each other's names. Although the slips of paper, they write the older lady, um, and and stuff like yeah. that. And so they think they're voting her out. What they're actually doing is uh, her and Sierra from the other tribe are, are flying to the camps. And they get there and they have a choice. They can either go after an idol. They have a hint to go after a hidden immunity idol. Or they can get set up with camp. Well, Sandy immediately chooses. She's going to go after the idol, bump this tribe, bump camp. And she goes off on that. To me... If there's somebody who I think – and Sierra's a perfect chance because her tribe didn't really like her, and we're going to touch on her a little bit later. Her tribe didn't really like her, but she made the choice to set up camp, and she made it all the way to the final seven. Um, Sandy never really got in with her tribe, and I think if she had made the choice, maybe you don't set up the whole camp. Maybe you set up a little bit of the shelter or set up the fire pit or, or uh, set up some seating or whatever you can do. And then go look for the idol. I think she could have gotten in with her tribe a little better. And who knows how far she could have gone. I think something else with Sandy before she even got there was how she reacted to being voted out. Now, look, I understand you're going to have some initial feelings of being upset. But when Jeff told her, you get to fly by helicopter to your, to your camp. You don't have to worry about this four-hour trek. She decides to celebrate. Like, she was super excited that, like, she she went from being mad at these people and ready to just, like, tell them off to see y'all suckers later. I'm heading to, to camp on this helicopter. Enjoy your walk. So, like, she already, like, had – she celebrates in front of them that she doesn't have to make this walk. And then when they get done with this walk, then they have to set up camp because she didn't do that either. Yeah. It's um, important, like, <laughs> like, what she didn't think about is they don't know about the idol. And they can't know about the idol. So, for all they know, she has just been sitting there for four hours. And then she didn't find the idol, right? No, she didn't because she didn't know how long a pace was. That's what it was. She said the pace. She asked the pace gods to help her. Yeah. Um, whatever the pace gods are uh, to help her figure out what a pace was and to find the idol. And look, Sierra got the same clue. She she brought in Brendan to try to help her find it. They couldn't find the idol either, if I remember correctly. I don't think they did. They ended up... I mean, so it may, it's kind of weird. Like, those two idols just kind of set out there, like, the entire time, apparently. Yeah, seems like they did. So, uh, so, so that's kind of our pre-merge wrap-up. Most of those people, I mean, in fact, I felt bad when Candace's name showed up in the little walk of remembrance or whatever uh, in the finale, in the, the yeah, during the finale. For a brief second, I was like, who the heck is Candace? Um, but I remember she's somebody that we just don't know a lot about. She's somebody that I, I feel like she's, she, she got up on the wrong side of coach. Um, and, and I, I, maybe she had a game, but we just, we just don't know. Uh, Joe, Joe was the first person to go home after the merge. What, what do you, what do you think? Is there a way that, that, that Joe can, can make some, make some moves if he's able to stick around? So with Joe, I think there's two interesting takes from from Joe's game um, that you could go in two different directions here. That if his leg is going to get messed up, and it was already messed up pre-merge, that they should have sent him home instead of Sydney, Uh, Because that would have given them four people at 
at the at the merge to work with from Jalapal. Uh, instead, they lose Sydney and they lose Joe because his his legs still messed up after the merge. But now to the point where, like, if he doesn't go home, he's going to lose this leg. Um, that's how serious the infection had gotten. So like that's that's one side of the coin that like he probably should have gone out pre-merge just to help his team out uh, a little bit more and, and maybe like if they'd have known that he was going to get medically evacuated three days later like Sydney could have stuck around and maybe you get to see her game a little bit more. Um, but as far as like if the leg incident had never happened if he'd have never gotten hurt if he could have just stuck around like Joe's a pretty physical dude like he performed pretty well up until that leg got hurt. Um, and I want to say that that happened in the net catching little exercise where JT lost his tooth. Um, that's what we assume. He falls. I don't know that they ever said, but yeah. we assume that's when it happened. I think that's when he like grabs his leg and is like, oh, this really hurts. Um, I think he got infected in the river. And so like in that challenge, until he got hurt, Jalapal was winning that challenge, if I remember correctly. When he goes down, Tyson's who he's guarding. Tyson catches like three in a row, and, the, and uh, Timbura wins. Um, so Joe's fairly physical. Uh, so you add in an additional physical threat, uh, which down the stretch could have proved huge because they would have had maybe another chance to take JT out when he starts going on his uh, immunity idol uh, immunity challenge run there at the end. Uh, Joe had a pretty decent uh, social game. Uh, of course, he kind of had tied his wagon to Sydney. Uh, that was his because they they were a little bit of a, a flirt mance or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think Joe had a strong enough social game. He was a likable guy. People felt bad that they were having to send him home. So I think you know Joe is because he was a physical enough threat. Like he definitely should, could have had a chance to win a couple of immunities here or there, or maybe even play spoiler for somebody like JT. And I think Joe, because I think what um, what galvanized that trio of JT, Steven, and Taj is that they had to be. So yeah. while Tim Burrow was fighting amongst themselves, those three knew, look, we've got to stick together. We've got to vote together, and we've got to pick off the right members of Tim Burrow that can that can take out uh, whoever else from that tribe. If, you, if they have four and it's four to six and Joe's one of them, maybe things work out differently. Maybe JT and Steven kind of hitch their wagon and Joe a little bit more. Uh, maybe Joe is able to work with Tim Burr to get JT out. I think the game changes with Joe. I just don't know that Joe has a path to win because Joe strategically, uh, I don't want to say he's dumb, but he comes off like he was completely distracted by the fact that Sydney was who she was. She's a model. She's attractive. And I, I just don't know that there's a path forward where Joe, even if his leg isn't rotting off, which, by the way, Justin's a bad person. He told me, <laughs> first of all, I did not believe when he told me that Joe had to have his leg amputated after that episode because he had previously told me that Jerry died after that episode. And I was like, oh, dip. Because that's not normally the way Justin jokes with me. And he just deadpan. We're, we're messaging. And he was like, yeah, Jerry died after this. I was like, what? And I look it up. No, Jerry is alive and well, you jerk. Yeah, and then, then I was like, you know, 
Joe Joe lost his leg. He's like, I'm not falling for that again. So I send you the link, and like he legitimately almost lost his leg from this. But he didn't. He didn't lose his leg. <laughs> he Justin. didn't. He he did not lose his leg. You are a bad person. <laughs> I, I yeah. I mean that's fair. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. See, I I just don't think there's a path forward where Joe wins. But again, I think he throws enough of a wrinkle because so much of Stephen. Uh, JT, Steven, and Taj being down in the three of the final four and could have been final three if they had wanted to be um, together. So much of that relied on that galvanization that came from them being three versus six or whatever it was right after the merge. So I, it was three versus six. So I, I, I hesitate to say uh, that there's no way that Joe could win, but I, I don't see a path. Uh, what about Brendan? Brendan was the next, the first true vote out after the merge. Uh, see, I think Joe doesn't go home in the if, because of his riding leg. Brendan goes out the, the tribal before that. I think Brendan had a target on his back since the what since Jerry got voted out, or it may have even been Candace. Um, because if I remember correctly, um, Somebody mentioned something about somebody being a leader on the tribe. Yep. Well, coach obviously wants to be the leader because he's a coach. Uh, I don't know what he coaches. I think soccer or something. Soccer. Anyway, he wants to be the coach. Um, and we'll get to like his family visit in a minute was really unique uh, in the about coach. But coach finds out that Brendan is considered the leader of this tribe. Well, that's it for Brendan. Brendan has no shot from that point on because – I mean, coach goes to JT and coach goes to Steven. Well, he goes to JT and, and JT and Steven get together. And he basically tells JT, he's like, you know, that Brendan fell. I just don't like him. Like, if, if you guys are looking for a crack, that's it. That's the guy we're going to – that's how you're going to infiltrate, like, our our tribe. That's how you're going to stick around a little bit longer is if you just help me take out this Brendan fella. Um, so I don't know that Brendan – like the only opportunity that Brendan really had to stay in this game was to get coach out pre-merge. Right. He's one of multiple and I, he's one of at least two people whose only sin was falling on the wrong side of coach because Brendan had a pretty good little alliance going he, that he had used the exile uh, system experience to create yeah. a four-person cross-tribe uh, alliance and all four got to the merge. It was him and Steven and Taj and Sierra. And he had a good little thing going in, but coach wanted him gone, and then he was gone. And that's the thing. Like, when you fall on the wrong side of a player like coach, like, your only opportunity was to get him out before the merge, but they also watched Jalapal lose three straight. So they never even had another chance to take coach out if they wanted to take him out. They only had so one like, – Timbira only had one real pre-merge vote. Right, because Jerry pretty much said, hey – I'm sick. Yeah. I don't want to go home. But they were all like, yeah, but you're sick and you need to go home. And it was early. It was uh, it was the third it was the third third, tribal third episode. So they did right. They, they needed to to stay strong. They needed to get rid of somebody who was sick. So they only got one chance to get rid of members they didn't want around. If they had lost maybe even one more immunity challenge, coach might have been gone. And then Brendan and then Brendan's around longer. I mean, there's no telling what happens at that point. The whole season's different. So, yeah, I think that you're right. That is the Brendan's shot to win would have been to get coach out earlier. And he didn't really even get that chance. And, you know, if he had that shot, maybe he does have a shot like a path to victory. 
because, like you said, he's got a strong social game. He was strategic enough to um, get a four-person alliance. But remember, this four-person alliance had the immunity idol clues from Exile. Both of them did. He worked together, and like that four-person alliance would have had both immunity idols. Um, so they would have had two immunity idols, a four-person voting block. Uh, Steven would have had JT to come in on his side. Um, so you're, I mean... You're looking at a, a five-person voting block there with two immunity idols. They could have run roughshod over this game and made it to the end. With I mean, Brendan is was enough of a physical competitor, he could have given uh, a, a run against JT and been a little bit of a spoiler for him. So I think Brendan actually had a good shot at victory if Coach didn't exist or Coach had gotten out pre-merge. Yep, I would agree that that that's his. That's the only way. The next vote out is Tyson, and Tyson is somebody you had told me um, that Tyson, that his arc, his story arc over his multiple seasons was a was something to behold, was something that was interesting, and this is where it begins. Tyson is young here; he's twenty nine, which is which is really, really, really young. Twenty nine is so very young. As someone who is on the other side of twenty nine from you, uh, twenty nine is still really, really, really young. And Tyson's a different man in this in this season than he than he is at Winners at War. That is for sure. <laughs> he's naked running around camp. He's he's an a hole. There's just no way around it. I mean, he is a jerk, and I, I really think that's what his obsession with getting rid of Sierra. There there had to be something, and Sierra's the next vote out. So we can kind of combine these two. Uh, there had to be something about Sierra that we didn't get to see. Yeah, I mean, Sierra got bullied pretty hard in this season, uh, if you want to call it that. I, and, you know, like I told you, like, at Fable, uh, Fable, Final Tribal Council, um, she kind of showed a side of her we had not seen where she kind of started bullying back towards, like, of all people, JT, um, which was weird. And it made me question, like, was she this way the entire season? And we just didn't really get to see this side of Sierra. Maybe this is the side of Sierra that Tyson was not a fan of. Um, but Tyson kind of honed in on her and it's like, look, you're a stupid little girl. I don't plan to listen to you. Like, then this is not me like making that. That's like almost verbatim what he said. He's like, you're stupid. I don't think you have the ability to blindside me because quite frankly, your mental capacity is just not there to be able to do that. I don't think you meant to vote for for coach or meant to vote for put my name down. It's somebody told you what to do and you just kind of did it. Um, and so I think, like, unless there was just Tyson, maybe just didn't like her just in general, just as a person. Tyson was also, like you said, kind of an a hole. So it may not have taken much to set him off at this point. And look, he targeted Sierra and Sierra. <laughs> somehow managed to get him out yeah um which some of that goes back to though like if it had been tyson versus sierra they probably vote sierra out if tyson had not won the first two immunity challenges like he established himself as like the biggest pre-merge or uh, post-merge challenge threat by winning those first two and they weren't i don't remember them being super easy challenges like the one was sitting up on that log for like an hour and a half and the other one 
was a little bit more complicated, but I, I don't really remember what it was. But he wins two different types of immunity challenges in a row. Um, of course, one of the immunities he doesn't really get to use leverage with because Joe gets medically evacuated. And we talked about that some um, during the season was that like it kind of wasn't fair to watch Tyson not get to leverage that immunity uh, necklace to maybe take out Sierra at that point or take out Brendan at that point. Um, he put a target on his back by winning those two back to back. And so they looked for the first time Tyson didn't have immunity to just go ahead and get him out. Because there's a chance, like, dude might win every immunity challenge there is left, and we won't have another shot and take him out. Yeah, like you said, the first challenge was that sitting on a pole, just kind of endurance focus, mind over matter kind of thing. It's physical, but it's it's more just body control kind of thing. The second one was that wackadoodle one where you're uh, tied to, you're like, got a ring on your waist, and it's tied to a rope, and you got to work your way through an obstacle, and then over another obstacle. It was just a big old. Uh, kind of physical and thinking kind of thing, and he won that too. And uh, and that's that's impressive for a dude that he's a big dude. He's like my size. He's like six four, probably right. He's he's got to be fairly tall, right? He's at least um, six four, I think. And so it, those kind of challenges are not favorable for somebody like him. So you're right. I mean, he he had already put a target on himself, and then um, yeah, his height is not listed anywhere. That's something I would like to know as a sports fan. Um. Uh, how tall are these people? But um, I think he had already put himself a target on himself with immunity, and then he just made it, it. When you're when you know you're a physical target, in my opinion, you have to not make yourself a huge part of the social conversation, right? Not that you can't play a role. Not that you can't. Tony's done a great job of that this season, where uh, he's kind of taken the back seat a little bit when he was on that immunity run he wasn't trying to drive the boat um as much because that that's how you you know you you keep your name out there um and so i think tyson really pushed it one bridge too far trying to take out sierra when in reality tyson's six two i found it he looks a lot taller than that probably because he weighed about 17 pounds in this season um (laughs) but he Sierra was not a strategic threat, right? She's not somebody who, like, I don't think at that point you have to worry about Sierra winning. He, he just doesn't like her. And he's going out of his way to target somebody just because he doesn't like her. And then because he's involved in all these conversations, of course people go, and I think it was Stephen and JT who went, wait a second, we could just take him out. He's won the first two challenges. He's the biggest threat right now. Uh, and he just lost. Let's send him home. So I think for me, the way that Tyson can win this season is just be less of an a-hole about Sierra. Even if Sierra is a problem behind the scenes, like what we've we we maybe hypothesized there based on her final tribal council performance, even if she is a bigger problem behind the scenes, maybe don't go so far out on that limb because she's not somebody you have to worry about. You're just you just don't like her. And I, I think Tyson could have made a big old deep run. And, boy, if we could have gotten Tyson and JT in that final five battling in those challenges, that, that could have been something to see. And you still got Coach sitting around. Yeah. I mean, so, like, the personalities of Tyson and Coach versus just, like, the good old boy JT and his sidekick Steven. Because, remember, Coach and Tyson are close at this point. They're, like, best friends. Yeah. Um, because they're – 
kind of a-holes, and they're part of this warrior alliance that Coach thinks so highly of um, that all the warriors should get to the end, that the best threats should make it to except the end. Except Brendan. Um, except, like, he doesn't want Brendan because Brendan was going to be the leader of the warrior alliance, and he can't have that. No, he cannot. So, uh, Sierra, I, I don't think – I think she was fortunate to get as far as she did. She was the one that her tribe tried to send home day one, uh, but earlier than anyone would have thought they could have been sent home. They were trying to send her home. I, I don't know that Sierra – she's 23. She's young. She was sick when she got there. I just don't think there's a path for her to win. Even if, even though she got to the final seven, I, I don't know that there's – there's no one thing she could have changed, and, and suddenly she's a winner. Well, and then, like, also, you talked about the uh, that challenge, the reward where people wrote down, like, names of, like, different categories of, like, you know, who do you trust with your life? Well, every single negative category, Sierra was the answer every time. Uh, there was one, like, who's most likely to waste this money? And it's Sierra. Like, who's most likely to be the person you want to drop kick out of this game right now? It's Sierra. Yeah. Um, so, like, she had no shot. Um, socially, like she, like, now I will say, like, if somebody had been smart and said, well, everybody hates Sierra, kind of the opposite of the JT is that, oh, everybody hates Sierra. Let me just bring her to the end and then I have an easy win. Yeah. So it's kind of different. Like, it's the exact opposite of how people played JT. They were like, oh, he's the best person around. He's like, just, he's everything to us. We, we want to worship JT. Sierra was the inverse of that, and they did the opposite of probably what they should have done, which was keep Sierra around to have the easy vote out, and let send JT pack him before he ever has a chance to go on an immunity run. Um, the, the the next person that went out is Debbie, and and to me, where Debbie Debbie shot the wind went off the rails, and and you heard from Stephen and JT again that they're the ones because they were the strategic powerhouse in this in this season. Uh, we got to hear through the almost every decision we got to see filtered through their discussion. And, and when they discuss Debbie, she's nice. She's good strategically. She's good in challenges. She won in the immunity challenge that ended up uh, sending Tyson home. Um, she's good at this stuff. What? That was so much. That was such a thrilling uh, immunity win, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody thinks Sierra's just won this, like, thing to stay alive. Was That's right, yeah, right? Yeah, everybody thought Sierra – Tyson had it locked in. Then Sierra knocked Tyson out to – and that was the one that JT and Coach and somebody else uh, sat down and ate. Steven. And Steven sat down and ate pizza instead of playing the, the immunity challenge. Uh, and uh, Tyson looked like he had it locked in. And then uh, uh, Sierra knocked, Sierra celebrated. knocked him out and celebrated, which I don't blame her. That was huge. And then Debbie knocked her out like for she, the win. Yeah, she landed on the X to knock Tyson out, which they, for those who haven't seen it, it's a little game where, like, you're just pushing a puck down a board. And it's kind of like shuffleboard. You have to land on the X or closest to the X wins. And Debbie, the last person to go after Sierra celebrates because she's sitting on the X. And, like, there's no chance that Debbie's going to knock her out. And then Debbie does. Yeah. But I tell you where Debbie messed up was after uh, – who was it? After Tyson went out and all of a sudden Tim Beer is reeling. It's four to three. But uh, Sierra's on the outs. Aaron's on the outs. 
Uh, it's really Tim Bira's alliance is down to coaching Debbie. And Debbie went from being the sweet, she's a middle, she's a, is a middle school, she's a middle school principal, she's a nice lady, everybody kind of likes Debbie, to she kind of, she can't do math. She can't do math. She kind of tries to strong arm um, uh, Sierra. Sierra, right? She, she, she goes with Coach and tries to strong arm Sierra into joining the Timbira Alliance. And when Sierra's like, look, you guys were just trying to get me out of here. You know, you guys were just trying to vote me out. You two did vote for me. I, I just don't feel loyal. I, I don't feel that loyalty is my play right now. I mean, that's basically what she said, right? And then yeah. they, they well, blew then, up at her. And then Debbie, uh, she, I, I, I don't know what to make of Coach. But Debbie clearly has to know that, like, Sierra is the one that's telling the truth. And, and yeah. Debbie kind of showed some no, weird. Like, she was sitting there. Debbie was sitting there like sh- her and coach both asked her to like join this alliance. Yeah. Debbie backed coach up to JT and Steven because coach went to them and was like, Sierra just tried to get us to join an alliance yeah. with her to get you guys out. And like that was, I think that to me was probably both Debbie and coach's downfall. Coach probably was going to go out anyway, eventually, yeah. but for sure Debbie's downfall because you're watching it. Uh, and like you said, we kind of watch it a little different in like how we're examining the game. And for me, like when Debbie makes that move, at that point, Sierra, like you may not believe Sierra because nobody likes Sierra, but what 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 purpose did she have to lie to you? Like she she gains nothing from lying because you are like they already want her out of this game anyway. Yeah. What she does is put reasonable doubt inside of. Steven, JT, and Taj's mind, that, huh, Debbie might actually be trying, like, Debbie might be a legitimate player in this game, I think is what Steven said, like, I think that was the moment Steven and JT were like, she's not just this sweet lady, like, this, she's here to play, and she's trying to play hard, and like, if we don't watch out, she's going to blindside one of us, and we're going home. Yeah, and I think, so I think for me, where Debbie, and maybe she can't win, but I think she's a big enough physical threat, and she's smart enough strategically i think if she just plays that conversation a little bit differently she recognizes that what sierra is saying is logical and there's no debbie um lost her patience a little bit and and when sierra was just making a very logical statement of listen you guys just tried to vote me out i don't really know that my and and you don't have the numbers the other tribe for once has the numbers because aaron's working with them i don't see any reason that i should work with you and just further increase my odds of going home. And Debbie See, Debbie lost her patience and snapped on that. And that's where that's where she started making mistakes. I think if she can handle that conversation better and maybe see that Sierra's right and find her own way over to JT and Steven and Dodge, I think she's I think she can maybe last longer in the game. I think like for me, I think she just doesn't have that conversation. Like she has to know like at that point, like that conversation, regardless of how you think it may go is not going to go well with Sierra, your best hope is probably to go over and talk to Taj and see if there's a path for you to break up that Jalapal 3. Um, and then by default, maybe you pull Aaron and Sierra in for like a women's alliance. And and target, because, yeah. Because at that point, like, if you're Debbie, you got to sell Coach out at some point. Yeah. And I think that's probably the point that, like, you let Coach 
propose this plan to Sierra, and then you take the information of coach proposing that to Sierra, you take that to the Jalapal three and say, hey, I want you to know coach is trying to recruit Sierra. Sierra shot him down. Now might be the time to go ahead and take coach out. Yep. That's going to gain her some uh, much needed uh, capital in the game. JT and Steven are going to look at that as like, oh, she's not really playing. She's bringing us information. Like, she's not really a threat. She can ratchet that up on the next mm-hmm. play and then bring in Aaron, Sierra, and uh, Taj and take out Steven or JT. So, like, she, like, that's where she messed up was – she was loyal to coach to a fault and didn't recognize that like coach was fixing to take her game down. And the only way for her to save herself was to sacrifice coach. And she wasn't willing to do that. And what has to suck for her is the next person out was coach coach. (laughs) Benjamin Wade goes by coach in the game. Ah, You and I are as diametrically opposed on this player as we can possibly be. You love coach. (laughs) Because you're a fan. You're a fan of the show. You That's how you watch it. And Coach is a great character, and he makes for great television. But I'm watching him as, like, how would I respond to this human being if I met him? And I would have been ready to vote him out day one. I may have voted for him to go home when we got off the truck just looking at him. Like, I, I could not stand anything about this man. He... I don't like the way he he's very self-important. He's self-serious. I don't like any of that. And he's a pathological liar. And it's, I think what's alarming to me is that he passed, like for a lot of people, you would see him pass the lie detector test at the finale where he was able to tell, retell the plot of deliverance as though it happened to him <laughs> And he passed a lot of detector tests. That is disturbing that he's able to tell. Because he believes it's the truth. He believes that happened to him. And not enough people are talking about that, that we should still be talking about that 12 years later, that Coach thinks that happened to him. Like, and it was. It was the plot to deliverance. He's like, I went down this river on a raft. The indigenous people grabbed me. They were all like four foot 11. And really like, and then he went on to like disclose some, like they wanted me like he insinuated uh, some additional stuff. Um, and a lot of that was the plot of deliverance, the the movie and what a, I mean, just what a character, like that was just the story that made it into it. Like I'd have loved to have sat around the campfire at night, just listen to coach tell the plot of whatever movie he thought happened to him. Like to me, that would have been fun to do. And I know we disagree on that, but like coach was just so much fun to watch. Um, look, I don't think that he is like the greatest player of all time by any means, but as far as somebody that you want to see on a season and provides a talking point, provides somebody to almost, yeah, you hate, you love to hate him kind of character. Um, and he was just so different from everybody else in this cast. Like, you've got the good old boy from Alabama and JT. You've got the middle-aged mom and Debbie. Uh, you've got the nerdy guy and Steven. Uh, you've got Sydney, the model. You've got all these different types of, of people. And then you just have this anomaly, this, like, 
the only one close to him is probably Tyson. But Tyson's like just legitimate, like he's kind of an a hole, but like that's just his personality. And he's, and he's strange on purpose. When he's being strange, right? He's being strange for laughs. He's being strange just to do it. He's not like he's just a goofy guy. He doesn't think I actually rafted this river. He doesn't go make up uh, disciplines of yoga or whatever it was he was doing. Like he doesn't do all that stuff. He doesn't go to exile and decide. You know what? I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to make fire. I'm going to make this already terrible experience worse he doesn't do all that he just plays the game he doesn't make up back injuries i mean he just i i just coach i don't think there's a path for coach to win that season i just don't probably not because it would i mean it would have required him not being him like that's that's there's (laughs) no way he there's no way he's himself in that season and wins it just doesn't happen no like look i don't think coach had a shot to win this season but Lord, was he a lot of fun. And I would not have mind seeing him get to final trouble against Jake. Can you imagine? Like, that would have, like, that was my dream for that season is for Coach to somehow navigate himself down the stretch to face off against JT or Steven or even Taj, because uh, I really like Taj. We'll talk about her in a second. But Coach, I mean, just if you look back at the best moments of this season, Five out of the top ten, or maybe even more, are coach-related. Um, when they go to the family visit, I mentioned this earlier, and I want to I want to touch on it because it, it to me it was one of the funniest parts of the season. Like all these people are bringing out their mom and their dad, and in true coach fashion, this guy brings out his assistant coach, and they just start stretching together. You know, just the norm. Like it's usual. Like, hey, this is my assistant coach. We're gonna we're just gonna stretch. That's that's our family visit. And if you haven't to me, that was a great moment. If you haven't seen it in a while, or if you've never seen it, when Justin says they were stretching together, nay nay, sir. <laughs> Assistant coach was stretching coach out. You know all those yeah. awkward coaches all those awkward stretches you see like a physical trainer do for an athlete? Maybe the guy's having a cramp or something, and you're like, Wow, that any other context, that would be really awkward. Those were the stretches that they were doing in the middle of this Brazilian wildlife. It was and then wild. Then this man coach, like he nicknames himself the Dragon Slayer. Yeah, nicknames Brendan, Brendan the Dragon. Nicknamed Sierra the Dragon Poop. Later to become the Dragon Princess. Yeah, but two episodes later, she went from Dragon Poop to Dragon. Dragon Princess, what a come up. What a come up. (laughs) But she, like, so he nicknames himself the Dragon Slayer, and he's out here in the water doing this, like, really weird yoga where he's punching the water, expecting it to fight back. And, (laughs) man, it was so much fun to watch. I, I, I don't even know what else to say about the guy other than he is just one of my favorite people to just watch him operate. And this is somebody like we talk about Tyson's arc. You're going to see coach's arc also develop as we watch these seasons, Jeremy, that you're going to be like, you probably won't like coach by the end of his arc, but you'll at least see the growth and you'll see. And and in a lot of ways, his and Tyson's growth kind of overlap with one another. Um, And you'll see that when they play together again um, in another in, well, in season 20, I'll go ahead and say what season it is. Um, they have a moment together in that season 
um, where you kind of see both of their arcs start to take a turn as to who they are as people, uh, kind of who they are is like understanding, like, I can't necessarily play the game that I played in token chains and expect to win. Um, and so I think that like, he's somebody you're going to enjoy watching his arc a little bit. Um, I have not seen his third season that he comes back to play. I've only seen the first two. Uh, so I'm interested to see how his arc finishes out. Um, but coach just on this season alone was such a fun character to watch. And for somebody that had no opportunity to win, like he's one of the top three players to me on this season, just from a, an entertainment standpoint. Um, the next, the next vote out is Taj. We've talked about her. I, golly, what a great person to watch play the game. Like she is somebody who, um, it's not that she's bad at strategy, but she's not like after she she helped put together the 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 exile alliance. She's not somebody who was driving a lot of strategy. She worked with Stephen and JT, and she was active in those discussions. And she listened to people when they had other ideas, which is a huge social aspect. Um, and she wasn't the best physical player. She could win challenges. She could compete in challenges. She was an asset in team challenges for sure. Uh, she put a stiff arm on somebody during that same challenge that JT uh, put dropped that that jumper that I talked about. She put a stiff yeah. arm on somebody that would have made her husband Eddie George, uh, NFL former Pro Bowler, uh, former Heisman or the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, she made she put a stiff arm on somebody that would have made him proud. Uh, put somebody's soul down I mean, in the river. Yeah, it might have been Candace. I think I it, could be wrong. I don't remember who it but was. But I feel like it was probably Candace. It was either Candace um, I just remember, or uh, might have been might have been Aaron. Whoever it was, I just remember you like reacting to it, and I was like, "Yeah, he just saw it. I knew it. I knew that." Yeah, was I mean, coming. my goodness, um, because she she stiff armed the soul out of whoever it was, and then proceeded to like go up. and I don't remember if she scored or not. It didn't matter if she scored, because she had just like ended whoever's hopes that was of ever winning anything in the rest of their life. Um, because she put them in the river. I mean, it was over. Still be like, a, that person's soul that person may still is still be, at the bottom of that river. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> so, like, she was a good all-around player, but she was just a joy to watch. She was a, a joy. I mean, when she got her visit with, with her husband out in the exile area, which was treated as though it was a disadvantage, but I feel like that's an advantage. Um, yeah. It was... Well, I think it's a – you think it's probably an advantage for a different reason as a player. For me as a fan, I think it's an advantage because the rest of the people are still back at camp and they still have to watch what they say. They still have to be on their best behavior. Yeah. They still are playing the game. She's on exile where she gets to just kind of let it all hang out. She can cry if she wants to. She can she can actually trust inside the game yeah. for more than 10 seconds where she can actually have a conversation with somebody and know that – like Eddie's not going to betray me. Like everybody else still had to play the game back at camp. Like if you watch that episode, JT's walking up to, was it, it might've been Aaron's dad or somebody. And he's like, sir, you've raised an incredible daughter. And she is just a, a joy and a light around this. It was camp. Debbie's husband. And like, you could tell it was dead. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And like, you could tell JT was still playing the game with these loved ones. Like he was sweet talking to loved yeah. ones versus Taj is sitting on exile. Like 
laughing with Eddie, and Eddie's talking about how she she smells bad, but he's like super into it. <laughs> um, and Eddie mentioning and... how much weight she's lost one too many times over the course of that visit and the finale. He mentioned it more times than any man should be comfortable mentioning his wife's weight loss. I'll just say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Taj was just an enjoyable player. And I really think the where she messed up, and I think you and I are similar in agreement. We, we're, we're like at different points of where we go back to. But she wrote, I really think she underestimated how good of a player she was. And yeah. she was playing a game where she was just playing for the final three with Steven and JT. And I really think if she turned on JT a little earlier, uh, it would have to be before he went on his – because it would have to be four final five because he won the, the, he won the immunity challenge at five, the immunity challenge at four, and the immunity challenge at three. But if she turns on him before then and gets him out of the game um, – she can win this game. And I really think if she could have gotten down to the final two with even JT, she's the only person in that game that maybe could steal some votes from JT because he won seven to nothing. He would not have won seven right. against Taj. No, I think like, especially like, okay, it's a final three of JT, Taj, and Steven. JT wins immunity. JT takes Taj over Steven. Steven gives his vote to Taj out of out of just principle, I think, at that point. Yeah. Well, like, I don't think JT would have taken I, her over Steven, and it's not because Steven's her friend his friend. I think JT knew that he that Taj is the one person that he couldn't mess around with. That's that's also fair. Yeah, no, I agree. Um look, I think Taj, if you look at the season, she beats Aaron at the finals. She beats Steven at the finals. I, I don't think Steven beats her. Now I think it's close. I think it's probably four three or something along those lines, depending on how she gets there. Like, if JT's still harboring a little bit of a grudge because she's the one that took him out, maybe he sides with Steven because that's his bro. Um, so it might be like a 4-3 vote. Um, Coach maybe says that, you know, Steven is, has grown as a warrior. Maybe he gives it to, to him. But, like, outside of that, like, I think Taj would have had a great shot at, at winning the game if she gets to the – the finale gets to the final three, final two. Um, and I think you're right. I think her downfall was not realizing soon enough that she was the biggest threat to JT's game, the biggest threat to Steven's game. I think she genuinely felt like I'm just here to finish third. It's going to be okay. Like maybe I win immunity at the final three. Maybe I somehow get into the finals and I'll finish second. Now look, her biggest problem I'll, I'll say this though, like even if she gets to final two, the one thing that the person up against her probably is going to mention is Eddie George got a lot of money and she don't really need it. I need it. Like, please help a brother out. Like, and she may have even been like, look, go for it. So I think that maybe that's it. But you mentioned like if she could have gone at final five and turned, I mentioned going back to Tyson. Um, way back up at the top of the after the merge, like I guess it's three D. So final is that final eight? Um, you, I think you said final seven with Sierra. Final eight for with Tyson was probably as far back as as you can go with this. But she goes back and maybe sides with Tyson and uses Tyson to get help get out JT um, that early. And because I think if she gets to a final two with Tyson or Coach, she may win seven zero. Um, and so that's what, what I think. Like, if she'd have turned on, on Steven and JT at the right time, 
she wins the game. But I think you mentioned this earlier on the, uh, you know, as we're talking here, is that that Jalapal three was realized that they were, they had to stick together. They had no other option. I think she got too set in that for the long haul. Is she looked at it as she had to work with these guys to the very end. Um, and, you know, if she turned too early, that was it for her game. And I don't think she ever had any intention of turning on those two. Um, and that's the, that's the, that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't know that she can win if she's not willing to turn on them. And, 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 um, and, and that's, that may have been it, but I just, that's the way she wins because, and, and, and I think this is something it, it, you see these recurring themes, these re- recurring tropes and these recurring strategy pieces where you get these, these three person alliances and, you you have to time number one you want to be the first person to realize when it's time to break up because at the end of the day only one person wins and you want to be the first person to realize it but you don't want to realize it too soon and i think we see that with taj that she was the last person to realize it was time for that trio to break up and as a result she's the one that went home fourth and the reality is uh, the best she was going to do was third with that group because uh, unless she wins that immunity challenge. Now, one, one thing I presented is that uh, she can do it at five. She goes to coach and she goes to Aaron and she says, listen, those two are dominating this game. None of us are going to beat them because they're working together. The rest of us are at best riding with them. If she goes to coach and uh, – Coach and well, JT wins that immunity though, right? JT won the immunity at five, but she goes to coach and um, Aaron and says, "Listen, Debbie, it was Aaron. I'm talking. Okay. I'm talking to five. She goes to coach and Aaron and says, "Listen, we need to take out Stephen right now." Takes out Stephen. Then um, at four, uh, four was the spider one. JT won that one anyway. Um, so I don't. I don't think that one matters as much. But then if Taj can get to three, the one she didn't get to, that ball slide uh, challenge where the, you put the ball in at the top and it works its way through the maze and then you have to add a ball and add a ball and add a ball, that's the kind of challenge where maybe Taj can take JT out in that. And if she can get immunity and she can get to the yeah. final where she takes Aaron or Steven or, or Coach or whoever she's, she's brought with her to the final three at that point, if she takes any of them to the finale, she wins. So I think even yeah. as late as five, if she realized the numbers that, listen, yeah, I'm in the final three, but I'm third out of the final three. And she can weaken that. I think she's got a that's, chance. That's probably fair. Like, I think she's like, if you rank the, the competitors or the contenders in this season, I think Taj has a good argument that she's the second one. Like, she had the second best odds of winning the game um, over other people not named JT. So, like, JT's odds against everybody is is, is good. Uh, and then you take Taj. Taj's odds against everybody but JT are really good to win. Um, and I think it kind of starts to funnel down a little bit further. Maybe you go Steven, uh, then Debbie or Aaron one of those kind of people there um, that didn't rub people the wrong way like coach. But um, I think even against JT, I think JT is the better overall player. I think he's better strategically. Right. I think he's better socially. 
maybe not even better socially. Maybe Taj's better socially. I think he's more aggressive socially. Um, and I think he's obviously better physically. But I think if you put them head-to-head in the finale, I, I think Taj, even with all that, can beat JT. So I think, I think we're, we're, we're in agreement. We're just in a different – I think Taj can win that season if she realizes earlier than they do that she's their biggest threat. They kept right. her because she was such a big threat and because she was their ally, all the while knowing we have to get her out. Um, so I, I think that's where I, th- I think we're in agreement there. The next person is Aaron. I don't want to spend too a whole ton of time on Aaron because I really feel like she floated along because she was the lowest, she was the least threatening of that. Um, Timbera Alliance. Would you or that Timbera tribe? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think her only shot at winning is if she's up against Coach or up against. Yeah, I mean, I, really, I don't know Sierra. Sierra and Coach are probably the only two people that she loses. I mean, yeah, that she beats because I think Tyson would probably get enough respect from winning immunities. Taj obviously would probably win seven zero against Aaron. Uh, Stephen. I think rubbed enough people the wrong way that he wouldn't necessarily go seven zero against Aaron, but maybe like five two, or at worst four three, uh, and then I think JT goes seven zero against Aaron. So I think, um, or maybe six one if somebody like Taj mentioned that if Aaron got there that she'd toss her a vote. Um, so it might be six one instead of seven zero. Well, and I, I think uh, with Aaron, one one thing that I you know I was just thinking you gotta have to give her credit for. Right after Joe went out, and it was 6-3 uh, in favor of Timbira, she recognized earlier than anybody else that this tribe has the numbers, but they're a hot mess. And they, they're yeah. not working together. They're not using the numbers. And she got away from it without creating any real enemies. Uh, uh, Coach didn't really like her. She didn't get along with Coach. But um, she... She didn't create enemies with Timbera, but she distanced herself from Timbera. And I think if she had leveraged that and been a little more aggressive with getting, with driving the action, maybe we perceive her differently at the end. But maybe she also doesn't get to the end. But I, I think that's her only chance is that she played it well in, um, in distancing distancing herself from that Timbera tribe. I just don't think she did anything with it enough to be a winner yeah i don't i don't i I don't really put her in a category of could have won um again unless she manages to pull that timbira tribe together um and maybe bring sierra and brings coach to the end uh i don't know how you get there how you navigate that unless you bring taj in and then immediately turn on taj at the next vote and then she'd probably have to win an immunity to take Coach out, and then it'd be down to her and Sierra. I think she beat Sierra, but I, I, like that's just a lot of movement, and that's a lot of things she would have had to have done perfect. And I don't know that she has the capability to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, that that's kind of our thoughts on Aaron. But hey, kudos to her. I, I don't think enough credit goes to people like her that like without being able to win immunity, without being a strategic threat. And really without being a goat either, because they chose not to take her to the finale. You know what I mean? Like, in this season of all seasons, 
she was not brought to the end to be taken to the end. The the yeah, two that she... went the two that went to the end were always planning on taking each other, sort of. That Maybe. was at least what they discussed until it, it happened, which I think that's reasonable, and we'll get to that in a second. But um Aaron stuck around. She stuck around. She did enough to stay around. She got in the right votes to stay to the end and, and made more money by being third. I mean, that's not enough. That's the is, the game. Not enough is made of the fact that third makes more money than fourth. You know, like that's, I don't really, I don't, if I'm a player, I don't really care how the fans feel about how I finished third. I finished third and made more money. And that's what I'm here for. I didn't come out here to play to be your favorite. I came out here to play to win. Um, right. I mean, and look, if I went on the show, I'd probably be a little different than you. I'd want people to like me. I'm just that type of person. I mean, I would, um, I would love for people to like me because at least at this point in the, in survivor's history, the person who is liked the most by the fans gets a little bit extra money. But, uh, I think once you realize, once you get out there and you realize that, listen, uh, there are several people that have that money in the bag and it ain't me. I want to finish third instead of fourth. Um, even if if I'm trying to be a fan favorite, it's for the money. Um, but let's, let's, you know, cause we're, we're, we're pretty deep into this. Let's get to the one that did this the most interesting to me. is Steven. He finishes second. He's JT's buddy. Um, he has that what what was set up to be a gut wrenching moment at Final Tribal, and they've had this agreement all along. They're in this to the end, right? They are in this to the end. Whoever they're going to play together, and whoever wins the the immunity challenge at Final Three is going to bring the other one. JT, of course, because wins. because of breakfast. Remember that they're going to eat breakfast that last day together. They're going to eat breakfast, <laughs> and JT, of course, wins final immunity. He does end up picking Steven instead of Aaron, who would have been an easier win. And then at Final Tribal, Steven reveals because Debbie makes him, which is, I don't know, that there were some some questions in that Final Tribal that, that made me roll my eyes. She basically makes Steven admit that, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I might would have taken Aaron. I, I would love to say that I, would, that I would have taken you, but I might have taken Aaron. And JT's in the catbird seat, right? Because he knows he can beat Steven. Of course, you know, he can make the noble play and still win. Steven knows he doesn't have that luxury. Steven knows if he wins that immunity and he takes JT to final immunity, he knows he's not going to win, right? Right. Well, he's making a million dollar mistake if he takes JT to final travel. Right. He can't do that. But also, like, if you look at it, Debbie asked him that question. There was only one answer she was going to accept as being honest. Yeah. Like, if he had said, no, I plan to take JT, she would have said, no, you didn't. You're lying. Tell us who you would have taken. Like, there was no right answer for Steven in that case. Like, if he says, because remember, his initial answer was, I don't know. Because he knew initially, like, if he said JT initially, she was going to call him a liar. So he says, I don't know. I'd rather not discuss, like, that particular thing because I was never put in that situation. So I can't really, I don't want to speculate what I would have or could have done because I don't know what I would have done in that moment. Like there's a chance that, yeah, I take Aaron because I realize it's a million dollar mistake to take JT. But there's also a chance that if I'm put in that situation, that you know what, my boy JT is going to look out for me. We're best friends outside of this game. 
I'm going to do what like we've, we've pushed each other to this point. Like, I know we can't share the money, but JT's probably going to take care of me. I'm not worried about it. Let me go ahead and, and just say, I'm going to take him. He, he was put in a situation by Debbie that he really had no right answer because he was either going to upset JT by saying I would have taken Aaron or he was going to upset Debbie and the rest of the jury by saying, I'm going to, I would have taken JT and he would have been called a liar. So there was not a whole lot of wiggle room for him in that question. That's why I really, I hated that question. Well, and the reason my least favorite question. And the reason I hate it is because who did Debbie vote for in the end? Right. She knew who she was voting for. Right. She voted for JT anyway. She set it up just to make, just to make Steven. She wanted to punish Steven. And, and uh, for me, uh, Debbie really showed her colors from, from that final six or so, whenever she got voted out, all the way to there, she showed her true colors, and that it was just it it was just not a good look. It ma- for me, it made her look worse than it made Stephen look because of course he would take Aaron. He's not an idiot. Like I know right. that I know that they're not married. I am. I have three kids. If I if my wife found out that I lost a million dollars for a man I had known a month, she would tell me that. I could go sleep on his couch, not my couch, his couch, because that's just, you're not going to do that. It's just, it, yeah. Stephen would have been foolish. For me, Stephen's chance to win, he was the last person who had a It's so perfect the way this season plays out. Because in addition to a potentially having, and Stephen talked about it, he was relieved he didn't win that final immunity challenge. I mean, he talked. He said it multiple times in that in that, that final episode that he was glad JT won and not him because he didn't want to make that decision, even though he knew that that was a million dollar decision. He didn't want to make that decision. Um, and in addition to that, he was the last person who had a chance to send JT home because he right. he won the last immunity. He won that weird math immunity challenge, which I'm not even sure they did the math right. Even though Stevens went to whatever fancy school he went to, uh, the, the, the way they did math didn't make sense to me, but that's neither here nor there. He won that immunity challenge. That was the last one JT didn't win. My thing there, though, is if he, so that's when you've got Debbie, Coach, Taj, Aaron, JT left. He turns on JT there. What's his path well, to the end? With Coach and Debbie, and now Taj, who is upset that he's turned on that alliance. Well, the only way... His only hope is if he pulls Taj in. That's what I was going to say. I think he goes to Taj and he says, listen, I like JT. He's my buddy. But we know, you and I know, he wins over any of us. If we want to win a million dollars, we have to take him out and we have to do it now while because five is also or six is really also the last time where the numbers are easy to manipulate. Um, if you let it get to five, you can't really do it anymore because you you have to rely on somebody else. So I think I think at six is a good time where he could have said, "Listen, let's let's talk to Aaron, let's talk to Debbie, let's get rid of JT now. I've got the immunity. We know he doesn't. Let's let's get him out now." And then, and then now he's the captain of the alliance that took out JT. And that's such a big resume builder, too. That's a huge resume builder. 
And I think he's in a position where once you take out JT, who else is going to win all those immunities that he doesn't? Um, right. It, pretty much everyone from that point on is up for grabs. Yeah. Um, like, look, at that point, technically, Steven could have gone on an immunity run because there's not a strong player left of that group unless you count Coach, but his bad back and that was messed up for like 30 minutes and then was all good again. Um <laughs> Like, unless you count Coach as the only one that maybe wins multiple immunities down the stretch, or maybe Taj, like, Stephen probably, like, especially like that spider one, Stephen probably wins that because he was relatively athletic enough to get through that maze, like, second fastest, and then he was also really good at puzzles. Like, he would have finished that first. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. Like, he, at that point, probably becomes a little bit more of a you know, we talked a little bit about Rick earlier. He maybe becomes like the Rick of that season in that, like, look, Rick, I love Rick to death. Rick's not a challenge beast. Like he's not the typical challenge beast, but against certain levels of competition, he could be. And we saw that in 38 for Rick. And I think we could have seen it here for Steven down the stretch where like the, the games just simply add up for him to be able to win them. Like they're puzzly enough. They're, you know, not super physically taxing. Uh, you know, he's he's a relatively thin frame. Like, it's not like he's, like, carrying extra weight in some of those endurance challenges. Like, he had a decent shot to win multiple immunities down the stretch. And he's got – that's the other thing. Like, him and Taj are close enough that he has Taj's idol still. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the, uh, the, the, the seasons. Um – and and I, I looking through the episodes and I, I really think if if JT's not there, Steven's got the Steven could have gone on that immunity run. Now the the one questionable spot is uh the the little wall stand one that JT won and then coach collapsed because of his back and all that stuff. If coach wins that, you don't know what happens. Um and Steven right, was and Steven was there, spot, so you right? have to Yes. Steven was there, so you have to assume that Coach would win that one without JT there. So and you don't know what happens there, but the rest of them, <coughs> maybe Steven wins. And if Steven wins, they can they can root Coach out of the game. Um, and then it's so I think it's the final it, four of him, Aaron Taj, and uh, uh, who would have been the fourth? And Debbie. Uh, maybe they go. Maybe they go See, all I, women and get rid of him, but I also think that he's got a chance to win immunity from there and handpick who he wants to face in the final. And I think he could still get JT's vote if he managed that. I think that, like, at this point, you don't really have splitting of the votes on the idle plays um, as much as it is now where they're splitting the vote to make sure that, like, if somebody plays an idle, um, like, we knew about that because of an earlier season uh, contestant like randomly mentions it. Um, but it doesn't necessarily become popular until a little later. But basically like at five, let's say coach does win that wall stand. Coach wins the wall stand. He collapses on the ground after he wins. At that point, Steven plays his idol or Taj's idol for himself because that's probably who they're going to target. And you get Debbie out there. Then you go into the final uh, stretch with Coach Taj and Aaron. 
well, they're going to want Coach out. So that's another easy vote, whether he – unless Coach somehow manages to win a, an immunity there. But if that's another easy one where Coach probably goes out. Stephen probably beats Taj and Aaron down the stretch. He probably wins the whole thing. I think you're probably right. So I think there's two paths from that point on, like whether they use the immunity idol to take out somebody like Debbie or if they just straight play it out and are able to, to you know, take out Coach at four – and, and move their way in. I think he has a good shot at winning. As long as he doesn't have to go against Taj at the end, I think he probably wins. Yeah. So I, I think we, we definitely laid out some paths there. Um, Steven and Taj for sure had a chance to win. I don't think Aaron did. Um, Coach, I don't think did. So we, we really went through about 90 minutes here to get down to there were about three or four people that could have won. Um, right. So uh, not as – as thrilling as maybe we hoped it would be, but it was fun to talk about and fun to go through some of these players and kind of see where uh, that, that's a great season. So, so from here on out, uh, what we're going to do, uh, of course, we're, we're going to watch the finale for winners at war. And then we're going to get into uh, what's the next season you want to watch. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in on team Tony for this season. Uh, so I'd really love to expose you to Tony's uh, original season. Uh, Kagayan. Um, I think to me that is arguably some survivor play at its best. Um, a lot of, a lot of great, like as far as a first time cast, um, very similar to token chains where it's not returning players. I think, uh, that season with Tony, you've got Sarah, uh, a couple other characters like Cass, Spencer, um, and there's a couple other players on that season where I think you, would really enjoy it. I think there's a lot of characters in the season, a lot of ret- people that return for later season. So I think it sets a nice foundation, similar to the way Token Jeans just did for you to watch some of the later seasons and kind of understand some of those survivor arcs and understand kind of where some of these players are going to go from here. Um, and I think it also <laughs> is a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more modern survivor, uh, maybe a little bit more what you're used to and what you've been watching uh, in terms of, you know, the type of gameplay. Uh, and I think you'll also, like, from watching it, I think you'll probably gain a little bit, even a greater respect for what Tony has done in Winners at War and how he's changed his game, but also been able to, to like, kind of fall back on what he did in his first season. Um, so, again, we don't know if Tony's going to win this season uh, for Winners at War. He looks like he has the inside track there. But I think that I'd love for you to be able to watch his first season and kind of gain a little bit of respect for probably my favorite um, survivor player of all time. Uh, he's he's a lot for top three, but he may be my favorite of all time. Well, then, yeah, let's, let's do that. So we're going to do that. We're going to watch a couple episodes at a time, and then we'll kind of do a different kind of recap. It'll be a lot shorter. Um and and we'll go from there. So if, if you're listening, we appreciate it. Subscribe or d- do whatever it is you do on whatever pod catcher you're listening on. Justin, I've enjoyed it, buddy. 